I was in Shoto uh, this, this weekend, and I was supposed to be here with y'all, but the Lord really put it on my heart that I needed to go to Shoto. Is Pastor um, interterming there uh, as a is he's interterming there uh, as a uh, past as pastor of this church? Uh, they they are without a pastor, and so he is kind of filling in until they find a pastor. And he uh, he recognized that there is an anointing, a spirit of revival over the uh, over the church and over that region. Man, I'm gonna tell you what he was right. Amen. Uh, the spirit of revival is over that place. Miss Rhonda, Nakia, Carolyn, uh, Cherie, um, Brandon, and Rachel. Uh, there were several that came out um, to to the revival, and so uh, I appreciate them coming to the meeting. I appreciate them coming, but we had a great time. But uh, the Lord, the Lord started talking to me about this um, in um, Swanton, and I thought we would get back uh, back in the groove of what we've been doing. But I really sensed in my heart that I needed to share this with you all today. And so today I want to share uh, some things concerning some things God has spoken to me prophetically. And I want us to look at the word. And I, I believe that many of you, whether you're here or whether you're listening, because uh, I know that some will be listening tonight or uh, will be listening to tonight um, at a later time. Hopefully, though, hopefully all those that are not here will be listening. But... Um, but this should be helpful to our church because I believe that we are in, uh, we, we're in a, uh, of, course, I th of course, I always feel like that we're moving forward. I don't ever feel like our church has ever gone backwards or even that we've been at a standstill. If we've ever stood still, it was because the Lord said, stand still. We've never been standing still because we were, I don't think, because we were contrary or we weren't willing to move forward. Um, maybe we didn't know to move forward. That, that might, that might be true, but I really believe that we have, we have been advancing. And I don't know if y'all remember one time the Lord gave me a word and I preached a word on advancement and expansion. Anybody remember that? Um, and it started when I was preaching on overflow and, um, we took the scripture out of the book of, uh, well, I think believe it's in the book of Luke and, um, but where Jesus, um, had was preaching and he was ministering. And um, the Bible says that he was pressed in by the crowd and he jumped in Peter's boat. And Peter had, been, Peter had been fishing and he had fished all night and they hadn't caught anything. The Bible says that Peter and his men were on the shore mending their nets. And uh, so Jesus got in Peter's boat and he said, push away from the shore. And Peter began to minister to the people. And y'all, I've, I've, I've mentioned this, this story to y'all regularly because... I believe it speaks to us about um, <clears throat> it speaks to us about uh, not being freaked out when Jesus doesn't immediately turn his attention to us when we have a need. And I know that I know a lot of us believe that he ought to uh, he ought to put us first. <laughs> but the Bible says the first will be last and the last will be first. Amen. So God will work with us and deal with us and and he'll have his way in us in his time. But uh but the other part of that verse is when Jesus said, push out into the deep, or he tells Peter, launch out into the deep for a draught. Or in other words, let's go into the deep water for a big catch. And, and he said uh, to Peter, Peter, uh, drop your net here. And Peter's like, Lord, we fished all night long and we didn't catch anything. And which I, I reckon, you know, it, it's understandable. P uh, Jesus wasn't a fisherman uh, in the natural, you know, I think... Uh, uh, the Bible records that he, you know, he and his uh, kin were carpenters. 
So here's a carpenter telling fishermen when and where to fish. And so I, I understand Peter's reluctance uh, in, in a way. But, you know, when Jesus tells you to let down your net, will you let down your net? Amen. And he said, let down your net for a, for a catch. And so Peter said, uh, you know, we toil all night. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down a net. He, he, Jesus told them let down their nets. Peter let down a net. Now, how many of y'all remember what happened when they let down their net? They had a, they had a net-breaking, boat-sinking catch. A net-breaking, boat-sinking catch. In other words, there was an overflow. Say overflow. So when we experience overflow in our lives, no matter what area of life that we find ourselves experiencing overflow in, and that was what we talked, and I'm, I'm just giving you a brief reminder because I know that it's been a while since I talked about advancement and expansion, and there was one year the Lord told us, this is a year of advancement, it's a year of an expansion. And uh, so we believed that God was going to bring about overflow. Well, you know what? He did. You know, during that time, and I, I mean, I didn't remind y'all of it at the time, but it was during the time that the Lord began to deal with us about getting out of that building. We began to raise funds. Do you know we had such an overflow in our church financially that when they let out the second stimulus, the church didn't qualify for the stimulus because we had, we had, had, we had an overflow. We, we, had to show, we had to show a loss, and we couldn't show a loss for the months that they were looking for. And it was like, yeah, you know, we, I, I, I remember the banker looked at it, and he said, well, the church ain't going to qualify this time. I was like, why not? He said, y'all brought in too much money. He said, y'all brought in more money the, the month that you were supposed to lose. I was like, well, I guess I can't complain. Amen. But, you know, overflow Sometimes we take and we receive overflow, and this is overflowing anyway. I want you to think about this. Say that you're up in this altar and, and, and you're receiving ministry and you get an overflow of the Holy Ghost. I mean, all of a sudden, you're filled to overflowing with the Spirit. You know, God didn't intend for you to get that overflow just for you to use it as an occasion to the flesh. In other words, you know, you might have got joy as a result of that overflow, and uh, it, may, it may have improved yourself your, your self-esteem, uh, your feeling of self-worth. Um, it may have improved your mood. It may have improved uh, uh, the quality of your life for the, for the days or the weeks or the months to come. But you know, that's not really what God intended uh, for that overflow to do. That was the uh, byproduct of the overflow. You, you, were, you were really experiencing the fringe benefits of overflow. But when God sends overflow into our lives, it's always for this purpose, for advancement and for expansion. God intends for overflow to take and to thrust us at a, at a more rapid pace toward our destiny and toward the fulfillment of his purposes in our life. And uh, um, so when, 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 you, when you experience overflow, if you experience financial overflow, you know what? That, that may mean that you get to pay bills. It may mean that you get to come out of some, some debt. It may mean that you get to put food on the table. It may mean that that iPhone upgrade you was looking to uh, uh, put off for another time, you're going to get to do, uh, look like iPad cometh, you know, or something. Uh, that when, when financial... But really, financial overflow isn't just so that we can reap the benefits of more money. Now, don't get me wrong. 
uh, more money is okay. But really, God is trying to advance us and expand us. And anytime you see advancement and expansion, it always comes on the heels of overflow. Glory to God. And so that's, uh, that's a lot of what happened to us. Now, here's the other thing that happens during advancement and expansion. We begin to face the things in our life that have kept us from advancing and expanding. So the limitations that have been on our lives that have kept us from advancement and expansion, all of a sudden those things begin to be touched in our lives. And we begin to, uh, many times what happens, we begin to wrestle with things that we thought we conquered. We start to, we start to face uh, insecurities that we thought we were over. Defense mechanisms that we had established in our lives when we were more carnal that we thought we'd gotten past and we, you know, we'd learned how to, we've learned how to live by faith and we've learned how to walk by faith. All of a sudden, we begin to find the place where those insecurities were hiding. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I lost, all of us have, just, I'll just talk about me personally. I personally have lost thousands and thousands of pounds. You can tell I have found exactly where those pounds were hiding. Uh, you know, if, if you search for them, you will find them. Amen. But, uh, but that's almost like it is when you begin to advance and expand. So I, I know that I'm, I'm launching right into this. And so I want you to hear this. So I'm going to read to you what the Lord was speaking to me because uh, I noticed that this was happening in a lot of people, including in, my, including in myself. So uh, the Lord... Uh, the, the Lord had me write this down. God is moving us forward into new areas. Turn to someone, tell them God's moving you forward into new areas. That sounds wonderful. Amen. You know the going into a new into a new season. We used to sing a. We used to sing. There was a song that we were singing in church for a while. It's a new season, right? It's a new day. A fresh anointing, is that right? A fresh anointing is flowing my way. It's a spirit of power, a season of power and prosperity. Uh, it's a new season coming to me. See that? A new season coming into our life sounds so wonderful until we realize that we have to leave the old season. And, and leaving the old season requires us to face things that have, to, 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 to stand at the border and go to battle with the things that have tried to keep us out of the new season. And, and most of the battle isn't with the devil. Most of the battle is with, you know, our flesh and with our, you know, uh, different uh, concepts, ideas, thought processes, uh, religion. You know, religion is a big one. Religion will try to keep you out of every advancement and every expansion that God wants to take you to. That's why, that's why when Jesus was talking to us in John 10, 10, he said, the thief cometh not but for to steal, to kill, and to religion, religion is... Uh, is an enemy, uh, an enemy that would, would like to destroy any chance of you having a hope and having a better future. Amen. So religion is a big one. Um, you know what religion is? Religion is us getting, uh, allowing ourselves to fall into routines. And cycles. 
And I, I know I'm saying a lot here. <laughs> religion will cause you to... Re, see, religion, religion is routine. You... Uh, when, when, you go, when you go to some churches that are religious, you can set your watch by the programs that they have. You know what? Sometimes it's that way here around Winter's Church. Go ahead, man. You can always tell when we're falling into the, into the uh, uh, range of religion, when we start falling into routines, and then when, when things don't go as they go, normally go, uh, that if things don't go along with the routine, all of a sudden we, we get a little agitated. We get a little irritated. You know, there, there's some people, if I go a, a little bit longer on Sunday, which is already, you know, longer than most, that they're itching to get, you know, what, when you're itching to get out because pastor went long, you've fallen into a routine. Because, you know, there's a, t- there's a time, and, and I'm, not, I'm not getting on to anybody. You know, you know what I'm saying? Well, I'm not getting on to you. Just, just understand, I'm going to say some stuff, and it's going to sound like I'm, I'm getting on to y'all. But, but Annie was telling me that she was shocked when she turned around and people was gone. After Pastor Ben was done ministering, people were gone. That there were people that had started to fall into their routine that I don't remember who was ministering or when it was, but she said that um, there was one service, and I, I wasn't here, but that some people in temple ministry had started doing their temple ministry stuff, and people and service was still going on. People were still being, being ministered to. People were still being prayed over, and trash was being emptied, and, and, and uh, paper was being picked up, and, and floors were being swept. Listen, when you, when you fall into that routine, you've got to, you got to begin to check yourself and find out if you're not giving yourself over to a spirit of... Because, you know, you can get into routines and you can get into habits and they can be, they can be good habits and good routines in the time uh, that those routines and those habits are, uh, are in response to the Holy Spirit. But when it becomes something that we've become accustomed to doing, and see, that's, that's what I'm trying to tell you here. Um, the Lord is moving us forward. And when God moves us forward, he's moving us away from things that we're accustomed to into things that we're not accustomed to. Are y'all hearing me today? And so uh, I don't think, and again, y'all are looking at me, you're like, Pastor, this is nothing new. We, 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 this is regular for us. Amen. Thank God. Uh, it's, it's an environment that we, as God's people, need to learn how to... Uh, how to navigate. Because this is what the Lord, this is what the Lord has been dealing with me about. Um, over the years, if you look at different ministries, if you look at different people that have done ministry, you know, there are a lot of people that fall into a routine and into a way of doing ministry. Um, you know, when you're when you're flowing with the Holy Ghost and you're flowing in the Spirit, especially when you're in the beginning of your walk, and I'm 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 telling you all this as a, a someone who maybe has a few more seasons under, the, under their belt than you do. Not that I'm, you know, some kind of expert, but I, I've, I've been doing this, you know, maybe a little bit longer than some of you. And some people, they go, through, they go through these processes, but they don't pay attention to the process. They don't pay attention to what's happening. But I've paid attention over the years. And um, over the years, as God has led me into, uh, into new and greater things, um, I found that when he was leading me into something greater, I always had to, I always had to make sure that um, um, I was willing to go through the discomfort of pressing past and pressing through 
something that had kept me out of that season. For example, if it was, if it was uh, um, Winter's Church, when the Lord told me about Winter's Church, I didn't want to pastor Winter's Church. You know why? Because I didn't know how to pastor. Well, when you don't know how to do something, you don't want to jump in there and do it. You know, you want, I mean, you might want to do it, but you're like, I need some training. And the Lord's like, you ain't getting no training. I went to read some books on building a church. The Lord said, put that down. You ain't doing it that way. You know, when someone has established a model of what God is telling you to do, you want, you know, you want to go with that model. You want to go with, but you know what you really need to do? You need to follow the Holy Ghost because, because God may, and, and I'm going to tell you all this, hear what I'm about to say. God is about to lead his people and lead the church in ways, not, not in ways that he hasn't led people before, but in ways that this generation has never seen and never known and never experienced. And for the most part have been unwilling to follow God there. Which is why we're, we are minus, uh, in, in some, some ways, the measure of the, uh, of the anointing of, of the Spirit, uh, that uh, we're minus the same measure that those that came ahead of us had. But uh, we've, got to, we've got to learn uh, that, that when the Lord starts to send us into that place and starts to move us, that um, uh, so with, with me pastoring, what, what was it about pastoring that, that I was uncomfortable about? Well, number one, I didn't, I didn't know how to do it. I'd watched people do it, and I didn't think I'd ever seen anyone that really did, uh, did it in a way. Because I'd talk to pastors, and they'd be in a bad way. I'm tired of these people. I wish these people would. I mean, that's how, it was weird. Because when, when I did finally start pastoring Winter's Church, and I got around pastors, and I was introduced as Pastor Ziggy, and they asked me, so you pastor? I said, yeah, I pastor a church called Winner's Church. Then when I got in the pastor's club, and they all started talking in the way that they talked to one another. Well, if these people would just listen. Man, I get so tired. I, I'm so wore out. You know, if, if people would just love one another, but they don't love me. They don't love I'd meet former pastors. They'd say, you're, 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 you're a pastor? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm praying for you, dear God. I'm so sorry you have to go through that. I'm like, sorry, sorry for what? I was having the time of my life. I was like, but you know what? Had I maybe had I followed the model that the books had been written about, and had I followed the advice that some people had given me who, who knew about pastoring, but who knew about pastoring the way that the Lord told them to pastor. You know, I, I mean, people were offering me good advice, and I was I, I was surrounded by good people. But the reality was is that God was trying to establish something in me and through me that was different than what he had established through somebody else. Not, I'm not saying nobody did it. There were people that have done what we've done. There are people that have been led by the Spirit in the way that we've been led by the Spirit. But this was the way that God was telling me. You know what? Think about how many churches you can go to. How many churches can you go to that you know follow the same model life church follows? And you can recognize those churches because they all follow the same model. In fact, when it's time to go to the movies, they all go to the movies. I'm, now, I'm not, I'm not condemning. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying we have, that's, we have a tendency to lean toward religion instead of toward being led by the Spirit. We have a tendency to lean toward what is God doing with them and how can we reproduce it instead of getting on our knees and finding out, Lord, what are you trying to do with me? Boy, 
y'all hearing me right now? I'm going to give you scripture here in a second. I haven't given you not one thing to write down. I'm speaking prophetically right now. Is this, is this making sense to y'all? Oh, yeah. see, see, some of you all are looking for a routine cause, cause, because we like routine. We, we're, in, we're, we're in a routine every day. Uh, what, what, what time do you go to work, uh, uh, Ms. Rhonda? 7.15. Uh, what time are you going to... What uh, Did that change recently or is that something that you've done? It changed recently. But uh, so... It becomes a routine, though, after a while. It, it, you wake up, and you, at 7.15, you know where you're going to be. Tomorrow, you know where you're going to be. You know, how, you know how long you're going to be there. Andrew, what time do you go to work? 9 o'clock. How long has it been that way? Just recently changed. Just recently changed. <laughs> so uh, was it? Before that, it was 7 o'clock. It was that way for a long time. It was different changing the routine, though, wasn't it? It's different, it's different changing. Even, even in regular life. But we get in those routines. You know what? Once we fall into that routine, we like the routine. And if we have to change that routine, even, even sometimes if it makes it better for us, we find some reason to not be happy with it. Because if it's better for us in some ways, it's not better for us in other ways. Okay, you go in early, uh, later, but you get off later. You got to go in earlier, but you get off. You know, there, there are, there are, are y'all hearing me today? But once we fall into a routine, you know, it's like religion. It, it, we, we know what to expect. There, there are some places you can go to where you can know what to expect. There's a reason why a lot of people go to them churches. Because most people like routine. Most men are drawn to religion. Why do you think the... I'm trying not to be ugly toward anybody. I'm not, you know I'm not trying to be ugly, right? But why do, why do people go to the Catholic church? Because they know what to expect. They know what to do. They know what to expect. And if they sin, they know what they're going to have to do. Ten Hail Marys, three Our Fathers, you know, pray the rosary. They know what they're going to have to do. It's a routine. It's religion. It's religion. Well, in case y'all haven't figured it out, God hadn't called us to religion. Amen. And I think more than more than uh, more recently now than maybe in the past, God is calling us away from the routine. But I, but I want you to understand why he's calling. He's not calling us away from the routine just, just to mix things up. If, 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 I, if I start uh, changing things, which, which you can tell I am here in the, in not, uh, not um, this week, but starting the following week, we're no longer going to have an a, 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 a intermission between song number one and song number two in, in church. We're no longer going to have that time where we, you know how normally we start worship and we have a worship song and then we'll quit and we'll have um, announcements and then we'll have Carolyn get up and give an exhortation and then we'll get back into worship. We're eliminating that space between the first and the second song. When we implemented that, that uh, space between the first and second song, we did it over in the other building where the sanctuary was in the back of the church and the foyer was clear in the front of the church. I mean, it was it's quite, a, quite a long ways away. And I recommended to the worship team, I said, let's do a song first. I said, start, you know, a little bit early, do a first song. When people hear that song, it'll draw them from the foyer 
and they'll all come in. And by the time they all get in, we can finish up that first song. Literally, that first song was a throwaway song. It's just like, let's just do that song to make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And uh, the whole purpose is just to draw people in. Once they get in, then we can get all the preliminaries out of the way, and then we can enter in to worship. Well, you know what? We don't have to draw people. I mean, it's like from there to here. We don't, we don't need, we don't, number one, we don't need that anymore. Number two, it's become a routine. Now, sometimes between song one and two, there's a little gathering place out there. Uh, and, it's, and it's not just, not, it's not just uh, uh, people that are immature, that aren't worshipers. It's some of you seasoned veterans of the faith. Those of you that have been here a while. And, and if there was a coffee pot, you'd be gathering around it. Uh, but, uh, and I, sometimes I'll walk through there, and there'll be people chatting it up and doing their thing and, and whatnot. But you know what? We, we, want, we want to make sure that we are entering into worship. Amen. Yeah. That we're, this is God's time. This ain't our time. Uh, you, you know, koinonia is your time to, to chat and chew. Amen. That's why we have koinonia. But when we come, listen, Sunday's big day. Amen. Sunday's the, Sunday's the day. Amen. Glory to God. Sunday is OU versus Texas. Sunday is Bedlam, you know. Sunday is Michigan and Ohio State. You understand? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys and the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. Uh, it's big day. It's big day. On, on Sunday, we're coming to uh, kick butt and uh, uh, chew gum, but we're all out of gum. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. And, and the butt we're kicking is the devils. Anybody hearing what I'm saying? So, so it's, a, it's a serious thing. We're, we're, coming, we're coming here for the purpose. It's, it's our time. It's our moment. It's that time where we gather, where we gather, and the whole purpose that we gather is to create a habitation for the Lord, for us to create a place where he can enthrone himself and do what only he can do. Amen. That if, if we've got sick people that are healed, uh, here, they'll leave here healed. Amen. You know, I have a vision. I have a vision of people getting wheeled in uh, through this door in wheelchairs and on cots and people walking through this door in crutches, them coming across the front of this church and walking down this side and out the other door and without their cots, without their crutches, and we'll move that, we'll move that trash bin up real close so they can toss their, their, uh, their stuff right in that trash bin as they're going out the door. Amen. Amen. But, but if we're going to see that, if we're going to do that, you know, there's, some, there's something that we have to, there's, there's an entertaining of the, of the presence of God. There's an entertaining of the Spirit of God that we need to, uh, that we need to do. Amen. Amen. So uh, uh, we, we, we're breaking the routine. So uh, not this Sunday, but the following Sunday when I get back, we won't have that anymore. And then uh, the first Sunday in December, we will not be meeting at 1030. We'll be meeting at 10. So we're moving the time. Now listen, some people are in a routine. Oh, man. Because that's what we like routine. But now I didn't do that. I did, I'm, I'm not preaching this because I, I made change. That's not why I'm preaching this. I just, I just realized that while I'm up here talking about this, I know some people cannot see any spiritual significance in any of this at all. But the reality is that God is trying to get us out of our routine. He's trying to get us out of our routine and trying to get us to follow him in a direction that either our flesh has tried to stop, that the devil has tried to stop, 
that are, you know, our, our carnality, you know, whatever it is, wrong thinking. There's been an attempt to stop us from entering into the place that the Lord is really trying to move us forward into. Amen. Look at someone. Tell them, I'm moving forward. So uh, not only will it require us, um, <laughs> not only will it require us to face uh, some of our insecurities, not only will it require us to believe that we can do things that maybe we've never done, and I'm not talking about time changes. I'm talking about what the Lord's doing in you. You know, some of us are about to find out we weren't called to preach. We weren't called to teach. We weren't called to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Some of us are going to discover that the pulpit isn't the place that God wants us in this season. That there's something else that he's looking for from us. And he wants us to realize it so that we don't miss out on what it is that he's wanting to do and what he's trying to do. Now, you have to be careful that you don't get in the flesh when you're going through this process. Because in the flesh, you know what will happen? If, if, uh, if a part of your self-esteem was built on you preaching, guess what? You're not going to feel good about yourself. You're going to wonder how it is that you failed. You're going to go through that whole religious rigmarole and that whole process of self-loathing and, and, uh, uh, and that's, that's not, that's, God, God doesn't need for you to go to that place. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Does it, does it make sense to anybody? Because that, that, some, sometimes, you know, uh, I received that, Ted. Sometimes what we, what we are hoping for and what we're believing for and what we would like to have happen in our life. You know, let's say this. Let's say that some of us realize in this season that's coming that um, maybe we've been on the worship team and we're, we're starting to realize, you know what? My time is limited on the worship team. I'm probably about to come off the worship team. I'm just feeling like that God's trying to elevate that team, and I may have to step back in order for that to happen. Instead of being a help, I'm a hindrance. Instead of being a blessing, I'm in the way. Amen. Woo, see? See, that's a... Amen. Glory to God. But see, that, that, instead of seeing it as a, as a demotion... Or as a removal from we have to understand God's not trying to remove you. Yeah, one of the principles of supernatural increase is this, and we'll we'll go over it eventually. Hang on to everything loosely, because you never know when God's going to tell you to give it away. Everything is His; nothing is yours. Hold on to everything you have loosely, because you never know when God's going to tell you to give it away. Amen. That's, that's, that's one of the principles of supernatural increase. So what, is, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. God never asks you for something because he's trying to take it away from God never asks you for something to take something from you. If God asks you for something, it's always because he has every intention of giving you something greater than what you have, and you have to turn loose of what you've got in order to possess where he's taking you to. But you know what? If you go to that place where your flesh always wants to take you, which is, oh, woe is me. I am so misunderstood. You know, uh, um, as, as, a, as a minority, one of the things that I've always, one of the things that's always come into my mind is, yeah, it's because I'm brown-skinned. Discrimination. 
You know, you know, and maybe only the brown-skinned people will understand that. But, you know, sometimes we go there because it's easier to go there than to, than, than to just assess, you know, what the Lord is doing and what the Lord is saying. And I don't know. Offense is so much easier to embrace than, um, than promotion. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The negative, you know what? We, we're, we're, we're quick to believe the negative. And we're resistant when it comes to the positive. You know what? I, t- I tell Annie all the time, you're so gorgeous. You're so beautiful. She's like, whatever. But if she ever looked, if she ever turned, if she ever tried on some pants and said, does this make my butt look big? And I said, yes. Oh, my God. You know what? It'd, it'd probably be the first time she ever believed anything I said. I can give her 700 compliments and her reject every one of them. But if I say her butt look big in them britches. <laughs> we got to, amen. So, so we got to really, listen, here's what I'm telling you, church. We got to really lean into the spirit in this season. We've got to really rely on the Holy Ghost. We've got to realize that God is looking to, to uh, advance us and to expand us and to promote us and to take us to a higher place. And even though we might face some of those things that are insecurities and struggles that we've had in our life in the past, we may have to face that in the process. But listen, face it. Face it and don't be afraid to look at eyeball to eyeball, to look it right in the face and say, I see you. I recognize you. I know you're there, but you're coming out in the name of Jesus. You've been there for a long time, but you ain't going to stay there. Amen. My mind is about to change. My perspective is about to change. My outlook is about to change. Glory to God. My vision is about to change. My dream is about to change. Glory to God. I'm advancing and I'm expanding and I don't care what you say. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I know I'm preaching, but um, so uh, I have a scripture I won't give it to you here in a second. Anyway, <laughs> go to the, yeah, go to the book of uh, something. <laughs> ah, glory to God. Hallelujah. Go to the book of 1 Kings chapter 19. 1 Kings chapter 19. So, uh, let me set this up, and y- y'all will be familiar with this story. Elijah has just, has just celebrated one of the greatest victories of his life. He, <laughs> he took on... <laughs> Some of you are going to have to get in the Holy Ghost today. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw some of you in if you don't jump in today. But anyway... <laughs> uh, Elijah has just, uh, has just faced one of the, uh, uh, is celebrating one of the greatest victories, just faced one of the things that, in, in, you know, uh, just looking at it in the, if, if I was, uh, if I had been Elijah, it had been rather intimidating. Uh, all these prophets of Baal uh, challenging, uh, Elijah challenging all these prophets of Baal. Let's let the God that answers by fire be God and let's serve him. And so uh, y'all know the story, right? 
they, uh, they, they, he says, and you get to start. They start trying to call on their God, uh, Baal, and they go to making sacrifices. They go on for a few days, I, I think is what Scripture says. Days they've gone on, cutting themselves, crying out to Baal, asking him to come and consume their, uh, their uh, sacrifice with fire. Of course, it doesn't work because there is no Baal. So, <laughs> uh, failure. So Elijah finally is like, okay, I gave you your shot. And then he builds this altar, puts water on the sacrifice, puts water on the ground. I mean, he makes it, he, he makes it seemingly difficult for God to do. Of course, we know there's absolutely nothing too hard for our God. He, he doesn't even, he, dude doesn't even fast. He don't even, he probably eating an elote while he's doing this. You understand? He probably eating a, he probably having one of them grilled corn on the cob from the fair. He probably got a, <laughs> he's standing there and he's like, he's like, you know, where is the God of Abraham? You know, man, the fire of God falls and consumes that sacrifice and, and God is proved. What a great day. Oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. You know what? You know what? You know what? I would put that in the category of overflow. Overflow. Come on now. When the fire falls and the power of God is manifested, and we we can see with our eyes the evidence of His existence, the evidence of His authority, the evidence of His power. See, we 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 really believe that if we have an overflow, that we're guaranteed advancement and expansion. But immediately in this story, look, look at this, y'all. Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching right now. I, I want you to see it because it's exemplified in this story, the process of really, of really, uh, how do you say, uh, of really capitalizing on or uh, uh, exploiting a moment in God. You know, too many times we have these moments in God. Some of you trying to live for God uh, you're trying to live for God and you're moving from extraordinary moment to extraordinary moment. And you're broken in the, in the in-between. As long as you're on the mountaintop, it is all good. But you, some of y'all have not learned how to live in the valley. You loathe the valley. But you know, the peaks of the mountaintops are, are much smaller than the valleys. <laughs> There's much more valley than there is mountaintop. Are y'all hearing me today? So, you know what? We're going to have to learn how to... L Turn to someone tell them, God's going to give you mountaintop faith. God's going to give you mountaintop faith. <laughs> That's right. Ted! God's going to give you the kind of faith. And, and here's, here, here. Uh, we were listening to a lady preach one time. Her name, uh, Reed Austin, pastor in uh, Michigan. She lost her husband uh, unexpectedly to a, a massive heart attack, I believe it was. And uh, he was pastoring their church. And when he left, she was left with the responsibility of pastoring that church. We had had, we had, had lunch with them just about a month before he passed. But when he passed, it was a, you know, losing a husband is, um, or a spouse or losing anybody sucks. So this is a man she'd been married to. So they were high school sweethearts. They had never been apart. And um, it was terrible. 
But I heard her preach shortly, about a year after his death. And she said, God was showing me. And she, she began to read a lot of mountaintop scriptures. And here's what she said. She said, she said, you got to understand God wants you to live on the mountaintop. And so when you go to step off the mountaintop, some of you think you're going to step off the mountaintop and into the valley. But the Lord is going to raise up the valley in order to keep you on the mountaintop. As you step, it may look like you're going down. But as you step out, the valley is going to rise up to meet your feet. And you're not going down into the valley. And you know what? I was shouting because I was like, amen. Because that's, that's similar to how I've seen it in the past. But you know, the Lord, the Lord uh, I, I could almost hear the Lord laugh. Not, not in the fact that she was wrong, but it was like the Lord, the Lord laughed and he said, he said, son, that's, he said, that's good. He says, but that's not really how it is. And I was like, well, how is it, Lord? The Lord said this. The Lord said, he said, you got to get lost in me. You got to get lost in me. He said, he said, you know why you got to get lost in me? I was like, why, Lord? He said, because I'm always the same. He says, and if you're in me and you're all the time in me, then you perceive things as always being the same. Whether you're on the mountaintop or whether you're in the valley, you don't know no different because you're always in me and I'm always the same. Amen. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? You know, the Bible, the Bible says this. He's the Alpha. Did I tell you all this last time I preached? He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first. He's the last. Everything starts with him. Everything ends with him. Listen, you are not living in uncertainty. When you feel uncertainty, it's because you're living outside of him. As Christians, we should not go through any day of our life being uncertain of what the future has. Listen, I am certain what the future has to hold. Amen. There's revival in our future. Glory to God. There are people, there are people that are going to bow their hearts to the Lordship of Jesus in the future. Amen. There's coming a day when a trumpet is going to sound. Glory to God. Where he's going to part the eastern sky. Amen. We're going to be caught up to meet him in the air. Glory to Are y'all hearing me today? We're going to get up out of here. That's, that is faux show. Amen. If the Bible teaches us anything, it teaches us this. Even when it looks like we're losing, we win. Even when we don't see it, he's working. Even when we don't feel it, he's working. Glory to God. Do you know why? He never stops. Amen. It's true. He's been moving. He's always been moving. And he will continue to move. Whether we recognize it or not. Whether we see it or not. Amen. Amen. You know, that's the hope that we give the world. Do you know when the world looks at you? It's not just words that you speak out of the scripture. There, there are people that have this idea. If we'll just preach to them, we got to preach to them. Yes, you have to preach to them, but with more than your mouth. If all you're doing is preaching to him with your mouth, you've missed the boat. God don't want you preaching with your mouth. He wants you preaching with your life. Yes. He wants the Bible that this world reads to be written on the pages of, of every hour, of every day that you live your life before them. Amen. And when you live your life every day and you're consistent and you're the same and you're, con amen. When you're like Jesus, the same yesterday, today, and forever. Glory. Then when, then when people come to times in their life that are uncertain, you know where they go running? They don't go running to the people that changed their methods and changed their model and changed their programs and blew with the winds of change. They go looking for those. Amen. 
You know, that's, that's why I appreciate Hal Harris and what he said about our church and about you, Michael, is that Hal Harris is a Michael's flight instructor. He's a flight instructor. He, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I want you to do my funeral. My wife's going to call you. If I die, you're going to preach my funeral. And he, and he, but he said this. He said, he said the reason why I, I, I want to have you do it is he says, I've known Michael now for however long, seven, eight, ten years, whatever it's been. He says, I've known Michael this long. And he said, I reckon if he can hang out with you that long and he hadn't, you know, he's remained consistent. I hadn't heard him come in here complaining. He'd never been in the plane talking you down. He's never been talking about how he's about ready to leave his church and find another church, how he's about to give up on God. He comes here and he's always the same. He's always got the same word in his mouth. He's always declaring the same. Now, is he, was Michael always in the same spot in life? When he was in that airplane without, no, there were, there were times that Michael was counting his pennies and putting together his dollars just to pay the man for the instruction that he gave him. But Michael was persevering. He was pressing in. He was, are y'all hearing me today? Do, do any of y'all know that about my, my You know, we, 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 make, we make these assumptions about people that because they are, they are consistent, because they're always seemingly the same, that somehow or another they never experience adversity in their life. That's what, people, that's what people assume about us. They're like, man, you're always on the mind. You're lucky. No, I'm not. It, it's, luck, luck has nothing to Luck has nothing to do with this. Church, I'm going to tell you right now, you serve the same God that I serve. You, you shouldn't feel sorry for yourself, and you shouldn't feel sorry for one another. Amen. You ought to just live for God every day. Believe him and trust him and walk in, in the certainty that he is the same God today, no matter what it looks like. In, the, in fact, you shouldn't be looking out your window. Go ahead now. Trying to figure out. The season and the time and what's going on by what you see out your window. Close the shade. Keep your, keep your mind focused and your eyes focused on him. Amen. <laughs> I don't know how we got there, but it was good. So, Elijah. I mean, this guy, just, he comes off of a Jesus moment. That, that's what it was. We've got, to, we've, got to, we've got to start to hunker down and make a decision. Listen, look at me for a second, y'all, every one of you. Make a decision today that you're not going to live from mountaintop experience to mountaintop experience. That your life is not going to revolve around, I got to get to the next mountaintop. I just can't stand where I'm at right now. I am so, this is so bad. I just got to get to another mountaintop. Get me to a mountaintop. You, you've, got to, you've got to start to make a determination that whatever has kept you from living in victory when you're in the valley, that it's going to be eliminated from your life, that God is going to take care of all these things that you have been wrestling with in your flesh, that everything that the devil has, has turned loose against you to try to keep you uh, from, from living in victory every day. Amen. You, you know what some of us need to do? Some of, some, some of us, instead of, instead of doing things the way we think it ought to be done, amen. I, was, I think it was Shelby I was having this conversation with. We were talking about inconsistency and what causes inconsistency in people's lives. Do you know what causes inconsistency in people's lives? 
when they refuse to let someone else tell them what to do. You know, people that are inconsistent, they will not, they will not, they will, no matter how good the advice is, they're not going to take it. They're going to do what they think. You know what? I haven't got where I'm at because I did what I thought. I know it may seem that way to you all, but I have not gotten where I've gotten by doing only what I thought was right. You know what? I, uh, amen. Hallelujah. Thine the glory. You know what we don't like? We don't like nobody telling us what to do. It's, it's quiet. It's quiet here. But, you, but the reality is, is that the way that God has set up his kingdom is he set up his kingdom in a way where he, the word says this, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. That's not to say that we surround ourselves with many, 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 many voices. What it's saying is this, when you have surrounded yourself with people that you will allow to speak into your life, that, that can be, you know what? Sometimes the voice of God is a still small voice on the inside of me. Sometimes the voice of God to me is a vision, a dream. Sometimes the voice of God is, is pages off of the word of God popping up and coming to life in my spirit. Sometimes the voice of God is a prophetic utterance given uh, through someone else to me that, that uh, uh, confirms something that I thought might be him in my, in my spirit. Amen. Some, sometimes the voice of God, uh, for me, doesn't require anyone else to be a participant, but many times it does. In fact, most of the time, there, there is, a, there, there's a, uh, there is a, a process that, that God has put in motion that we call confirmation. Now, we think God only confirms this, the good stuff. Amen. Well, I th see, I, th I didn't think uh, I didn't think y'all would be thinking through this so hard. I I'm looking at y'all though. Y'all are like, it, 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 Amen. And this is the confirmation. Glory to God. <laughs> see, God, God's trying to raise up. You know, Jesus ain't coming back for a wrinkled up church. Jesus ain't Jesus ain't coming back for a church look like it just rolled out of the bed. Hair all jacked up, bad breath. Nightgown tucked in, places it shouldn't be tucked in. <laughs> Jesus ain't come back for no church. We scratching his. <laughs> What's the Bible say he's coming back for? A church without spot, without wrinkle, without blemish. A mature church. Amen. A mature church. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Boy, I sure love y'all. I sure am glad I pastored this church. Amen. So uh, here, here's the thing I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to equip you. I'm trying to, I ain't trying to get on nobody. I'm trying to equip you.
to equip you for the season that is coming. Listen, what, what, what some of you have endured in this season, how many of you have been through some battles this year? Anybody been through some battles this year? Amen. Some of you have been through some of the hardest battles of your life. Do you, do you, do you, want, do you want to know, <laughs> do you want to know what, a, um, what, a, what someone looks like that has passed the tests and has won them battles? It's just that they're, they're like Jesus. They just stay the same. When hard times come, they're not saying, Lord, what, what, are, you, what are you saying? What, what do I need to do now? Do you know if, if every time I went through a difficulty in this church, I asked God to give me another word about it? This church would be a mess. This, this church would be a hot mess. If every time I got into a pickle or every time we went through a valley or every time the going got tough or every time things didn't seem to be, it didn't work, I didn't feel right about it. You know, I just, don't, I just don't feel right this morning. You know, I just don't feel right, Annie. Lord, what do you say? Are we done here, Lord? Imagine if that's a con- imagine if the con- every conversation that I had with God when things got difficult, when things started taking a turn, it, it, when when the grass looked greener someplace else, every time anything like that happened, that the conversation I had with God was this: "Lord, are we done at Winter's Church? How far how far you think we get as a church? If well, I know the Lord I know the Lord told me to do this, you know, last week, but I feel like I need to do something else." See, this is, this is why we've got to understand. Overflow, sometimes the overflow is what gets me. Some of you go to revival and get in an overflow, and then you're like, Lord wants me to go with Pastor Zig. I'm supposed to be at revival. Woo! Just because you had an overflow at revival? You won't be. How about when it gets hard at revival? How about when you run out of hair gel while you're on the road? How about when you, you don't have enough money to buy deodorant when you're on the road? Then what's the Lord going to tell you? Lord told me I better go back to work. <laughs> Ted, I'm, I'm preaching, Ted. Oh, yeah. On a Wednesday. Oh, <laughs> in, but in that... And that sometimes, how many of you have ever done that? How many of you have ever done that? that you, now, I, I know, I, I have. There have been times I've done that. I'd, I'd be asking the Lord every time things get a little bit uh, sideways. Every time things get, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Lord, you still want me to, you still want me to do this? Are you still in this, Lord? Oh, Lord. <laughs> so look look how look how fast now now I didn't even start reading have I first king chapter 10 first kings chapter 10 so 19 uh, yeah first kings 19 verse 1 thank you thank you baby that looked like a 10 to me thank you first kings chapter 19 verse 1 
And Ahab told, now this is after he killed the prophets of Baal. This is after the big victory. I mean, there was a party with Elijah. And listen, he was singing it. Me and Jesus, we got our own thing going. Boy, he was, he was having church. In verse 1, it says, And Ahab told Jezebel all Elijah had done with, with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah, saying, Now here's the process. Overflow. Say overflow. overflow. So Elijah experienced an overflow. A praise Jesus, supernatural, miraculous, uh, uh, I mean, this revival. Overflow. So overflow can either be something that pumps you up for the time that you're in it, or it can cause you to advance, to mature, to expand, to begin to enlarge your capacity. Dig ditches in the valleys to make more room for what God has. Or it can cause you to long for the next shot in the arm. And when you're, when, you're not a, when you're not a mature believer, you'll go for the shot in the arm every time. Well, can you just knock me down, Lord? Which is why sometimes we then turn to people that, you know, we, we get those itching ears and we turn to people that, that touch that part of our lives or that scratch that itch or that uh, cater to that, that feeling that we got when the Lord touched us. But, you know, God, God's, God's looking for people that when, when everyone else is... Do you all realize that you're pastor? What I do, what I do when, we, when I go out of this church and I go and represent this church outside of this place... That what I do, when we went, Shoto, Shoto is a dead church. Oh, that man. church is not a lot. Listen, there, there wasn't anything pleasant about, the only thing that was pleasant about that church was that we knew that there was the possibility that God could do something with a dead group of people. That we've seen him do it before and we'll see him do it again. Amen. But see, we... We almost, ne you almost never consider that when we go someplace to have revival, we don't go to churches that are alive where people want to hear what we have to say, where they're ready to embrace the truth, that they're just sitting on the edge of their seat saying, amen, come on now, pastor, amen. That's, that's, not, that's not the environment that we go. The environment that we go to is an environment that is hostile against what we do, that's hostile against the words that I'm preaching. Then people aren't looking at me with joy. God sends us to dead churches because it's dead people that need revival. I'm not being ugly toward them, folks. They, they want to be alive. They want to live. They want, they want the life of God. They, they, just, they just have gotten stuck in religion and stuck in tradition. And, and, uh, it, and it's not that they're going... I know they want to come out of it, but you know what? They're facing the stuff that many of you are facing as well. So where do you, if, if God sends your pastor to dead people and dead churches and people that aren't revived and people that are not easy to minister to, people that, that, people that before, they, before the truth sets them free, the truth makes them mad. 
then where, what, what kind of field do you think that God has called you to labor in? So now then, why is it then? Now, doesn't it make sense now why you have battled and why you have struggled and why you're having to eradicate some of these things out of you? Why you having to figure out how to live for Jesus on the mountaintop and in the valley? Amen. Because God's going to send you to the valley to take people to the mountaintop. If, if you can't learn how to live in victory in the valley, how you going to get people out of the valley and get them to the mountaintop? If all you want to do is go from high place to high place, from altar call to altar call, from laid out in the spirit to laid out in the spirit, from ha-ha to ha-ha. You know what? Sometimes my ha-ha is my, my. My, my, my. But that's it. but understand the process. Mountaintop, and then then this happens. Jezebel. Jezebel was told all that Elijah had done, how he had slain the prophet. Jezebel sent a messenger, said to Elijah, "Let the gods do to me, and more so, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this." In other words, I'm gonna kill you just like you killed them tomorrow about this time. You're a dead man. Now, I don't know how or why Jezebel had so much influence to be able to sway Elijah the way she did. She obviously was a very powerful woman. And she had proved that she could do some of this stuff. Otherwise, the prophet wouldn't have been freaking out. But the Bible says that when he saw that, when he heard about Jezebel, he arose, he went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongeth to Judah, and left his servant. And listen, he even left Israel. You know, the, you know the first thing that'll happen when you come off the mountaintop and you start maybe going through a, 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 a time where you start to face your insecurities, you start to face the enemy telling you you're no good, you suck, you can't do this, you don't have what it takes, you got ADHD. Got ADHD. You can't even concentrate. You can't do this. You got ADHD. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too white. You're too black. You're too Hispanic. You're dyslexic. I mean, we could, we, you're too old. You're too young. I mean, honestly, you can't win for losing. There's going to be somebody going to try to rain on your parade. You can't do that. You have kids. You don't understand. You can't do that. You don't have no kids. You don't understand. These are all the things that your flesh will tell you. Yeah, did any of you ever have a prophet that said, thus says the Lord, I'm going to do this with you, I'm going to do that with you until you have kids? Lord, ever tell you this? And after you retire, says the Lord, I'm going to do this. And I'm going to use you up to the age of about 45, and then I'm going to taper it off because you're too old. 
Lord says, I'm going to use thee, I'm going to anoint thee as long as thou remainest under, under 200 pounds. <laughs> no, I mean, none of these, thi none of these things are prerequisites from the Lord. None of these things, he's not said not one of those things. To, so, so why is it that we, amen, praise God. Am I the only, am I the only ones feeling the Holy Ghost right now? Because I really sense his presence. So e Elijah began to hear what Jezebel was saying. And that's, that's, that's the first part of advancement and expansion. You're going to face everything that has kept you out of your promised land. Everything that is, everything. Listen, the, and the enemy has been stacking it up on you from the time you were born. Listen, he knew you was called of God. Before God formed you in the belly, he knew you. Before you came out of your mama, God had already decided he had set you apart. Amen. That he had a plan for your life. You know what? Some of you didn't see Winner's Church in your future, but God wrote it down. He's like, that's a winner there. I'm going to bring this one together and this one together and this one together. Amen. You know what the enemy tried to do? He tried to add stuff to us so that we wouldn't, f when, so that when the Lord tried to bring us together, that it was a misfit. It just, it's like, wait a minute, hold on. I, I, I know I'm supposed to, but see, what, what y'all didn't know is that you had to go through the customization process, that you had to go through the, uh, the, uh, the finishing, pro amen, the finishing process. I, I, was, I was looking at a, 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 a pedal, because... Anyway, I was looking at a pedal airplane, a, a little airplane that uh, little kids get in and they pedal it around and it turns their propeller. And, and I was like, I'm going to make one. Of, I'm going to make one of those for my grandkids. I'm going to order it today. I looked it up. I'm on the website. And then it said videos of instructions of how to put these together. And I got on there. I clicked on the link. And the first thing it says, now you got to round these edges with a router. I'm like, mine's going to have hard edges because I ain't got no router. I, got, I ain't got no router. I, <laughs> I'm like, mine's going to be a Mexican plane. You understand? <laughs> I will put on the back, Viva Mexico. Because this is, this is a, I ain't got no. And then it's like, and then, you know, you take a, uh, and, you, and you drill with this certain bit on your, on your drill press. I'm like, drill, press. Mine's going to be crooked. You understand? Mine's going to be crooked. Mine's going to be crooked because I don't have, you know, I don't have that. After I watched about three of them videos, I was like, I, I can't build that. I can't build that. Because my mind would be the most hooptiest, jankiest looking pedal air. I would be embarrassed to put my grandkids. You understand what I was saying? I'd be like, just jump in the real airplane. Don't even play with that thing. Because <laughs> you know what? Sometimes that you need some finishing. If, if things are going to fit together. Are y'all hearing me? Oh, look, look at somebody say, God's going to finish me. <laughs> it's okay. Listen, it's all right that you haven't fit. You had not been through the finishing process. But you know what? When you go through the finishing process... He starts taking off them rough edges. He starts taking off that stuff. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. 
Advancement, Ted. Expansion. Not just overflow. Moving forward. It says this, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, came, sat down. Oh, I'm almost done. He sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die. Just kill me, Lord. Just kill me, Lord. And he said this, it's enough now, oh Lord. Take away my life, for I am not better than my father's. Pastor Zeke can do this, Lord. I can't do this, Lord. Here's another Ted story. I know Ted can do it. Ah, Ted, Ted, Ted. Oh, Ted, he did Ted. Oh, my God. Ted must be special. Only thing special about Ted was he rode the short bus back in the day. That's all. No, no, no. <laughs> no, he didn't ride a, <laughs> he didn't ride a short bus. They did graduate him, though. <laughs> and as he slept, lay slept under the juniper tree, behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Rise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked of coals and a cruise of oil at his head. And he did eat and drink and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time, touched him, and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. And he rose, he did eat and drink, went in the strength of that meat, 40 days and 40 nights unto Horeb, the mount of God. So the angel told him, Where you're going, you can't get there yourself. Y'all have heard me tell the story of Debbie, who's not here right now. I don't know where she's at, but anyway, I'm not going to ask. Um, that she got that job, that last job that she worked for the state, she got that job, didn't qualify for it. The Lord put her in that job. It's impossible for her to get that. The Lord put her in that job. God elevated her to the place where he intended for her to go. God told her it was her job. She, she declared it was her job. She got the job. She made a mistake in that process. Her, her supervisor, her boss retired and she was like I got more seniority than anybody here I that's my position I belong in that position only thing is Lord didn't tell her that was her position he told her the position she was in was her position but she hadn't gotten a word from the Lord for the next one here's the here's the thing about going where God where you can't go yourself when God elevates you to a place where you can't take yourself now all of a sudden your life is in his hands Y'all understand your pastor can't do nothing else but what he's doing? Go ahead, man. It's too late for me to learn a new trade, to have a new skill. You understand? This is it. I am doing the work of God, period. I got nothing to fall back on. It's too late. I'm 55. It's too late. God stuck with me, and I'm stuck with him. Amen. I mean, I'm not, that's not very nice, but it's, 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 amen. I am his and he is mine, and we're in this together. Glory to God. <clears throat> but when Debbie did that, she, she put in for the position, and the powers that be looked at the papers and said, you can't have that position. In fact, you can't have the position you're in right now because you don't qualify. How did you get here? 
How did you get here? They're all scratching their head. And a couple of them said, we got to get her out of here. She doesn't belong here. She, she is an outsider. She, does, she doesn't qualify for this job. Why are we paying her this much money to do something that she isn't even qualified to do? And they started targeting her. She exposed herself to the enemy the minute she got in the flesh. And then almost left that job, left the place that God put her. Almost left the place that God put her. Until finally, thank God, she got back in the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah. Amen. She retired. And then they started paying her to come back. And I think they'd probably pay her to come back again. They probably will, and Ted will be glad. Glory to God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ted will be like, glory to God, money coming to you, Debbie, in the name of Jesus. The Amen. The journey is too great for thee. So uh, let, me, let, me say, let me say a couple more things. Moving forward may require you to learn to hear God in different ways than you have in previous seasons of your life. I'm, I'm talking to you, Charlie. Shelly, this is, this is a word for y'all too. And sometimes we get stuck in these ruts, especially when you start getting longer into the ministry. You get stuck in these ruts where you become accustomed to hearing from God a certain way. You know, in the beginning of my ministry, can I, can I tell you a couple things? I mean, we may not get through all of this, but I think you got the picture so far. Is it, did anybody get the picture of what I'm talking about? All right. When, in, in this story, Elijah, you know the next part of this story. God speaks to him, says, go and step into the mouth of this cave. You know, I'm going to tell you something, and there's a wind, there's a fire, and, and all that. The Lord wasn't in it. We've already talked about that. The Lord wasn't in the fire. Well, God was the cause of the fire. God was the cause of the wind. God was the cause of the quake. What that scripture is saying is that it's not that God, listen, when the Lord passed by, all that stuff happened. So it was because the Lord passed by that all that happened. But what that scripture is trying to say is this, Elijah couldn't hear what God was trying to communicate to him through any of that. God was trying to get a message to him and he couldn't hear God in the fire. He couldn't hear God. And you know what? God was giving him mountaintop experiences and they didn't suffice. They weren't taking him where he needed to go. But then a still small voice. And then Elijah heard the word of the Lord. And it, you know what? He didn't hear the word of the Lord in a mountaintop experience. He didn't hear the word of the Lord just because he was laid out in a revival service having somebody push on his belly, ho, ho, ho. Now, now, now. Now, there's a place for that, and I love it. But you know what? God don't just want to meet with you there. God wants to meet with you when, when Gabs is swinging from a chandelier and Cam's, and Cam's found one of Eric's guns and looked like he's trying to shoot her down, you know? She's trying to sh shoot her own sister down. Well, let's, no, we're not, we're, not, we're not speaking that in the name of Jesus. But, you know, I'm just trying to think of craziness. When you can hear from God in the midst of, in the midst of all of that. Amen. In the midst of family, what seems like family turmoil. 
Some of you dread hanging out with your family. Imagine there being no dread that you have joy in spending time with your family and you go and you give them hope. That nothing that they say moves you or affects you. Glory to God. Amen. That you, you get so lost in Jesus that it don't matter. Praise God. But sometimes what happens, we, we learn to hear from God a certain way and then we start preferring different ways that we've heard from God. And then people get stuck in a rut. They get stuck in religion. They can only hear from God one way. So for me, when I first, when I first started, in, you know, now, now uh, there's a season that I've been through in my life where the Lord talks to me. You know how he talks to me? You know how I know that I'm supposed to prophesy over people and call them out? Y'all, do y'all know? Y'all, y'all, I've told y'all, right? I see the Spirit on them. They start to shine like a, like a light. They start to glow. They start to illuminate. And, and I know when they illuminate that I'm supposed to call them out. Do you know how long people, do you know how long I've been seeing that in the spirit? Day after I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, it started. So three months after I got born again. Do you know when I started realizing that that was the voice of God and him trying to Get me to hear him that way. Uh, 1999, 2000. So from 1984 to 1999, that was happening, but I didn't even know what it meant. Because I didn't let the Lord teach me how to hear him in that way. Now, here, here's the thing. Maybe, maybe it was I didn't let him teach me. I lean more toward that part of my ministry hadn't yet kicked in. But you know what? I had to go away. You know how God used to speak to me when I first started in ministry? You know how he used to talk to me when I get up in front of people? Um, I would get words of knowledge for people for sickness, and I would feel their physical pain. I would feel, if they had pain, I could feel that pain in my body. Oh, yeah. If, they were blind, if I need to play, pray for someone that was blind, my vision would literally, I would go almost blind. If someone was deaf, my ears would stop up and I would almost go completely deaf. I'd have to blow my nose and my fingers to get my head to pop so that I could hear. I could feel tumors in my body. I could feel pains in my body. I could feel bones out of place if there, were, if there was stuff. I could feel bones out of place in my back. I, I felt all kinds of stuff. I, could, I felt it. You know what? When, when the Lord was talking, that was a real easy way to hear from God. But there came a point in time of advancement and expansion that God didn't want to. Are you are y'all still with me? Yeah. Stay with me because this is one of the most important things I'm going to say to you tonight. God didn't want me to just be able to hear from him like that. God didn't want me relying on. You know why? You know, you know why I think it is? Because you get to an age where you can't tell the difference whether that pain came from God or whether that came because you slept wrong the night before. It becomes unreliable. Are y'all hearing me? It be, at some point, 
that would have become unreliable because there are things that are going to work just naturally in my physical body that would put a hindrance on me being able to depend on if that would. But you know what? There's some people that because they have learned that way, they refuse to move from that way, and they're still trying to hear from God that way, and God is trying to drag them away from that with all of his might. He's trying to get them to embrace advancement and expansion, and all they can do is get up on that mountain mountaintop, hear what God is saying the way he's always said it, and it's hindering them from forward progress. Well, you know what? There came a point in time where I wasn't feeling those things anymore. Where the Lord said, I don't want you ministering to the sick the way I had you ministering. You know what? I never dreamed in a billion years that God would ever tell me he didn't want me laying hands on sick people and praying for them. But he, he commanded me, he said, do not touch one person until I tell you to touch them. Oh, yeah. At first, I, I didn't know even what that meant. In fact, that very night that he told me that, I had an altar call and I laid hands on everybody. Because that's the way I had been doing things. It didn't matter who I prayed. Isn't that what it was? There was Annie will testify. They're used to, and some of us still, some people are still stuck in that rut. Some people, because that's the way the Lord did with them before, that's the, they're trying to push God into doing that with them now. And you know what? They're like Samson. They're shaking themselves like they did in the past, not even realizing that the Lord has departed from that way. And they go through the motions and nothing is happening and there are preachers that are trying to blame people for it. People just aren't open like they used to be. No, maybe you got away from hearing the voice of God in the way he needs for you to hear from him today. Maybe if you'll hear from him in the same way today as you heard from him when you started doing it the other way, your results might change. Maybe people will start getting healed again. Maybe people will start getting delivered again. Boy, I'm preaching, Ted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did. And it, thank God it didn't take me very long to figure it out. Because when I went to laying hands on people and nothing was happening, I was like, Lord, he said, I told you, boy, don't touch nobody till I tell you. And I was like, well, how am I supposed to do that? That was in around 1998, 1999. You know what? That's when I began. I would stand there and I'd say, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do then? Do you want, me to, you want me to pray for somebody? And I'd look around, and that's when I started paying attention to people that started to glow. <laughs> All of a sudden, these people would shine. I'd be like, step out here. I, I believe I'm supposed to pray for you. i put my hand on them, and sure enough, out of my belly would come these prophetic utterances. And I began to hear God different. And it took, it took me to the next place. Amen. You know what? I hear as a pastor, when I'm standing in front, I hear way different for y'all than I hear for other people. Way different. And you know what? I had to learn. I had to learn how to hear for y'all. Lord had to tell me. He said, you can't talk to them like you talk to other people. I was like, why not, Lord? He said, because they care about you more than them other people care about you. Them other people don't care when you get rough with them. They don't know you. 
I said, but these people, when you, when you speak to your people, to the people I've given you stewardship over, when you say hard things, it hurts them more than it hurts others because they're close to you. They think they, le they, they let you down. Go ahead, man. And you need to tell them, you didn't let me down. I'm just, I'm just trying to give you truth. You didn't let me down. He said, you got to say it different. Oh. We don't want to learn how to talk different. We don't want no one telling us to pull up our britches. We don't want no one to tell us to dress up for church. We don't want no one to tell us to take a shower. We don't want no one to tell us nothing. You know, that beard looks awfully gruff. I ain't growing it for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay. <laughs> People come up to you, church, are you all right? I, I mean, why? Oh, no, it's just, I was just asking. No, I love you. Nobody wants to talk to me. <laughs> Why do I feel like I'm alienated? <laughs> William Branham. You know William, y'all remember William Branham, right? Oh, yeah. That guy would minister to sick. And when he first started ministering healing to the sick, the Lord told him, I want you to grab, this is what the Lord spoke to William Branham. I want you to grab the people that you're ministering to by the right hand. He said, when you do, my spirit will come upon you. And I will show you what is wrong with those people. Brother Hagin told this story. He said he went to a William Branham meeting early in William Branham's ministry. He said William Branham would grab people by the He said he stood there and watched this happen. Brother Hagin, he was an eyewitness to it. He said Brother, Brother Branham would grab people by the hand. And he said he would turn his hand over like this. And his arm would swell from the elbow down. It would swell up and get red and inflamed. And these bumps would come up on, on, his, on the back of his arm. And he would know by the bumps that came up what was wrong with them people. If three bumps came, if three big bumps and a small bump came up, he knew they had heart trouble. If two bumps came up in a certain place, he knew they had stomach trouble. I mean, that he had he had learned how to hear the voice of God through this manifestation. Well, you know what? That's how it started. People thought it was unusual. You know what? Some of you would like a gift like that. Wouldn't that be cool to have a gift like that? You know what the problem is? You'd never, you'd never get off of it. God put you in it, and he'd never get you away from it. So some of us, that's the reason why we don't advance, that we don't expand. Because if, we, if he advances up, if he expands us, we'll, we'll get caught up in there, and then we'll want to stay there. We won't want to move. We won't want to hear him uh, to take us to the next level. That's why I'm talking to you today. Turn to someone, tell them we're taking it to the next level. I'm, I'm gonna, I want to, I want to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. You know what? God's trying to speak. God's trying to speak to me in a different way. Go ahead, man. Do you know how that feels when God goes to trying to talk to you in a different way that he's talking to you? You feel like he ain't talking. You feel like that you've been forsaken. You feel like that you've been abandoned. You feel like that somehow or another the Lord has, he's, he's, he's not paying no attention to you because you don't hear him no more. No, it's not that you don't hear him. It's not that he's not talking. It's that you don't recognize. I'm going to tell you right now, some of you have to, you have to be ready 
to hear God in a different way than you've heard him. And you have to be willing to let him speak to you in a way that he has never spoken to you before. You say, well, how do you do that, Pastor? I'll tell you what you do. You, you quit relying on everything that you've relied upon and you look to him to lead you and to guide you and to show you what's next. What's next, Lord? And if he takes away some of your toys, you don't cry about it. You're like, okay, you're taking those. You've got something else for me. Amen. He might be taking your Barbie Corvette so he can give you a Ferrari. Amen. You know, you know what I'm talking about? Some of us, we've been satisfied to roll around in a little toy car. And the Lord says, I need that. Oh, he's taking me. This is my identity. What will people think? You don't know it, but they're going to think you grew up. Go ahead, they're going to be like, well, you traded in that, that baby car for a real one. Amen. I wish I could lay hands on you and make it happen instantly, but it's, that's not how it works. I mean, I could lay hands on you too. You get a bald spot in front of your head. Yeah, yeah. Some, some people, they're like, too late. So I'm going to tell you this. We're not going, you're not going backwards. Stop telling yourself that. Listen, look at me. Stop. You are not going backwards. You are not going under. You are not being defeated. You are not the victim. You're the victor. That's why the devil's working so hard to try to get you down, to try to persuade you that you lost. You didn't lose. You're not losing now. Amen. He's not taking things from us because we've been unfaithful. Stop it. Stop it. Lord, just tell you, I've been so unfaithful. Now I'm paying for it. No. You think you're going, you're not going, you're advancing. Yeah. You're ex you wouldn't be fighting this crap if you weren't going forward. Right. The only, listen, the only people that aren't going forward are the ones who have put forth no effort. You've just succumbed. You've just, you've just said, that's it. I'm done. I give up. The rest of you, you're moving forward. If you've, been, if you've been trying to hear the voice of God, if you've been trying to figure out, navigate the waters, get ahead, get to that, but listen, you you in the right spot. I don't, I don't care whether you've done it right. I don't care how many times you've gotten in the flesh. I don't care how many mistakes that you've made. I don't care how many brick walls you've hit. I don't care how many people have told you uh, all kinds of nonsense that don't line, line up with the word of God. You are moving forward. You will not stay in the place where you have been. And you're not going backwards. He's not taking things from you because you've been of him. He's trying to lead you into new territory. Believe what God is saying about you. Believe what he says about you. God told me during COVID that I needed to be a voice, that I needed to speak up. You know what? I, I'm hoping it's not too late, but I'm believing, I'm believing that God wants me to be a voice. Oh, yeah. That he wants me to speak up. So, some of y'all get nervous. You know, I told this, and I've told this before, and, and I'm finished with this. Um, 
well, let me say this. You can't, do, you can't do this on your own. It won't work without him. You can't, you, it won't work without him. You have, church, some of y'all didn't know this, but he, he tricked you. He tricked you into coming here, and you all, some of you all are already way too far to, to be able to do this on your own. You way, you way too far in it. You can't do this on your own. You already too far in it. And if you tried to, and if you tried to go back, you'd be miserable. There's some people that have, and they're miserable. You can't go back. Glory, 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 glory. All right. I was going to tell you something. I said that last thing and left me. But anyhow, praise the Lord. Did this, did this help anybody at all? Turn to someone tell them, believe what God's saying. Amen. What's he saying about you? I'll tell you what he's not saying about you. He's not saying you're washed up. He's not saying you're unfaithful. Go ahead now. God's not saying you suck. You need to quit saying that about yourself. Go ahead now. Quit saying that about each other. Quit saying that about each other. We need, we need to look at one another. You know, I, there for a while I was calling Ted ugly. I said, hey, ugly. It, I didn't mean Ted was that. I, I, I didn't believe that, but it was coming out of my mouth. So Ted answered the phone. I'd say, hey, ugly, what's up? Oh, nothing. Hey, ugly. Hey, ugly. You know, some, a few times I called him, and he would be kind of ugly. And I was like, man, Ted. And the Lord said, hey, you're so ugly, you get ugly. He said, you have what you say. I was like, wait a minute. Lord, I'm just playing. Lord said, them words don't, you know, words don't, words don't know whether you're playing or not. Words work. I hadn't said that in a long time, have I, Ted? I quit saying, I, I can say that no more. Not only tell, I'll not only say to Ted what I, what I know that he needs to hear. Amen. Oh, yeah. Amen. What he, what he needs to hear. Praise right. God. Thank but anyway, um, any questions? <laughs> I know it wasn't a teaching. But uh, did, did this really help some of you? Um, you, you definitely uh, don't want to be afraid uh, that uh, the Lord has somehow stripped you of, of anything. Oh, that's what I was going to tell you. Um, People, people, people in leadership in our church, they kind of get nervous because they're like, you know, at any moment, Pastor Zig could like call you in and be like, yeah, you know, I think you probably need to move in a different direction. Because that, that's common and it really is. I mean, not as common as what probably some of you think, but it's happened enough that I think some people are like, you know, I, I, I definitely, when I call people and say, hey, can I meet you before church? They're like, huh. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do I need to prepare? Please, let me just, at least, can you tell me what it's about? Because I don't want to go all day wondering. You know, it's like getting called in the principal's office or something. I'm like, why y'all think that way? Don't do that way. That's not, don't do that to yourself. <laughs> um, we don't just shuffle people around and take people out of, 
visit. If it, and I know, I know it's, it's tough. It's tough to be in a church where your pastor might come to you and say, man, are you sure you're doing, this? You're doing what you need to do? Are, are you being responsible with, the, with, the, with the, what you've been entrusted with? Are you being a good steward? Um, do we need to do, and I tell people that, do we need to find someone else? Are you, are you finished? Did you find that this is not what you need to do? Did you find that you don't have a grace for this? Did, did you find that there's someone else, somewhere else that you would, you would, you would serve better? Because some of you think because you, you're not really, you don't really have a platform to preach in this season that you got this idea you'll never preach. You know, you need to talk to Tyler about that. Cherie. Talk to some of these people that, when, Ayla. I was like, Ayla, you need to preach. She's like, now? Yeah, Ayla. Oh, you think I can? Well, I, I don't know, but you're, we're going to find out. Amen. We found out she could. Oh, yeah. Amen. Thank God. Um, I didn't see that coming. Not really, you know. Uh, Gabe, we're about to find out if Gabe, old Gabe can preach. Here in just a few days, we're about to find out. I'm excited. I, I believe he's called. I believe there'll be evidence of it in his life on this, this coming Sunday. Uh, I wish I was, I I was, I was, I was, I was going to be here. But y'all shout with him. Amen. And... You know, we want to encourage one another. But, but here's the thing. Don't get, don't get afraid. If, listen, if, we move, if, if I move Andrew, for example, if, I'm, if I moved Andrew out of some capacity that he's been filled, I'm not taking, I'm not, it's not like, Andrew, you have failed. It's not like he has to pull out his sword and fall on it. That, that's not what that said. It's just, there's something, there's something else. There's something else. There's something else. And we're going to discover it. You know, no matter how long it takes. No matter how long, we're going to discover it. And, I've, and I know Andrew right now might be thinking, oh, dear God, this pastor's up, up to something. No, I ain't up to nothing. I'm just, it's just an example. Yeah, we did. We did. You know, yeah. I mean, Joe, you know, Joe started out with the young adults there in, back in the day. And it just wasn't the deal. But you know what? Now, yo, I'm going to tell you right now, Joe and Jess, they're on it. You know, with Koinonia. In, in fact, you know, if we ever uh, have to expand Koinonia, I think you guys are going to be the ones to teach people how to get it done. Because I think y'all have had the most success when it came to Koinonia and capturing the spirit of what it was that we were doing in Koinonia. But, but see, that, that's, that, that may not be evident in this season, but there's going to come a season when... Can y'all imagine coming to church and you're inundated with questions from Koinonia leaders, people trying to figure, Joe, yeah, what are we supposed to do? Jessica, yeah, can, uh, we didn't get the materials. And y'all are like, dear God, leave us alone. We're trying to worship Jesus. <laughs> and that may just be the beginning, you know, of, of something. But we, we've got to be willing to let the Lord lead. Stand up, everybody. Praise the Lord. Amen. Did you receive this today? Yes. Praise God. Amen. I'll be honest with y'all. I don't have. We, I don't really have time, and, and y'all really don't have time. We don't. We don't. We don't have time to waste. 
uh, we've got to be about the Father's business. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I know God's called us to labor together. God's called us to labor together. We're, we're going to do that. Amen. I believe there's going to be some expansion and advancement again. Even though that's not the we're our word for the year, it's completion. Some of you about to complete a, a cycle of advancement and expansion in the name of Jesus. Spiritually speaking, in the name of Jesus, in more ways than one. You speak it, Andrew. Amen. Glory to God. Well, Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for the privilege that we've had to hear your word. Lord, I pray that what I've spoken here today will help your people uh, to break out of the cycle, to break out of uh, that uh, routine that we find ourselves in sometimes. Uh, getting, getting heaped up with, you know, the, uh, uh, a religious way of doing things just over and over and over again. Not even because we were directed by you, but because that's just the way we were accustomed to. It, it, we, we grew accustomed to it. Lord, we, we want to worship you, and we don't want to worship you, God, in the, in the way that we have always worshipped. We want to worship you in the way you desire for us to worship. So, Lord, lead us in our worship. Lord, when we pray, may we pray, God, uh, in the way you want us and desire for us to pray. Uh, when we're in intercession, may we... May we uh, May we speak the words and pray, Lord, uh, out of your thoughts and out of your mind in the name of Jesus. Uh, Lord, when we, uh, when we do ministry, when we're, when we're gathering together, may we, uh, be, uh, may we be tuning our ear to hear what it is that your spirit is saying to us, not just individually, but unto us corporately, Lord. And may we be able to uh, multitask. Lord, may we, may we be able to do uh, more than one thing at a time. May we be able to hear from us as well as hear, uh, hear for us as well as for others at the same time. May we not just be so single-minded that we only think about ourselves or that we only think about others, but God, that we're able to facilitate all that you're saying about everything uh, that's happening around us, Lord. Uh, these things, they can only happen, Lord, by your Spirit. And so I'm praying that the Holy Ghost will uh, be stirred up in your people uh, to facilitate and to receive these things in the name of Jesus, Father. I thank you for it. I thank you for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, let, let this word continue to marinate. Lord, may we continue to grow uh, in this word. Uh, add to it, Lord. Uh, add to it as your people meditate upon it. Uh, reveal to them, Lord, the specifics for them personally. And Father, we will give you the glory and the praise. In Jesus' name, everybody that believed it said amen. 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 Listen, we're not, we're not going through hardships. We're not going through hard times. I know me preaching a message like this might seem like everybody's going through a battle. That's not what's happening. Uh, these are just things that I'm hearing by the Spirit prophetically that I know that uh, we as God's people, we need to hear. We, I'm, I'm trying to encourage you. As, as you. as you contemplate what's going on in your life, uh, don't allow yourself to go to the places that uh, maybe your mind took you in the past. Believe what God said. Amen. If you have any questions about it, you know what? If the devil keep messing with you and saying, oh, pastor, you know, pastor, he's so disappointed with you. There's only one way to nip that in the bud. Come and ask me. I'll either confirm or deny it. It'll be one way or the other. And believe me, I'll tell you. 
if, if, I, if, I'm, if, if I'm disappointed in you, in the nicest and kindest and gentlest way possible, I'll, I'll make that known unto you. If, if you're not a disappointment, in no uncertain terms, I will, I will doggedly go after that evil spirit that has tried to persuade you of that, and I will let you know exactly how. Listen, you don't have to guess with me. And the, the, the number one way to get the devil off your back, if he's messing with you about me, just come talk to me. We'll, we'll settle it real quick. And the enemy will regret the day he ever tried to put that lie in your head. Amen. Amen. Thank God. So I love you. Go in his presence. And uh, Sunday, be praying. And uh, I'll be praying with y'all.